You're listening to the Speaking Tongues podcast. I'm your host, El Sharice. Each week, I sit down to a conversation with multilinguals where we discuss and celebrate language, life, and culture through our own perspectives. Episode 68, Speaking Greek. Hello, language lovers. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Speaking Tongues, the podcast in conversation with multilinguals. My guest this week is Stefanos, a Greek language teacher from Cyprus who joined me to talk about Greek and Cypriot language and culture. I'm so thrilled to finally have a conversation about Greek on this podcast because it's truly one of my favorite languages to listen to. In this episode, Stephanos talks to us about some connections between modern Greek and ancient Greek and the Cypriot Greek dialect. We discuss Greek etymology and even discuss some of our favorite root words that we can find in modern languages. Stephanos tells us about dialects of Greek that can be found throughout the Mediterranean and connections from Greek to the languages spoken in Albania and Bulgaria. He walks us through understanding Greek grammar, and we even get to talk a bit about Greek culture and music. You can find a deleted portion of this conversation where Stephanos and I talk about Greek food and culinary traditions. We're discussing all of your favorites from meze to main dishes to desserts. And if you don't know much about Greek food, you will want to hear this, but don't listen on an empty stomach. Big thank you to Stefanos for this conversation and for sharing your languages and your culture with us. If you enjoy this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Speaking Tongues podcast on Apple Podcasts or like and subscribe on YouTube so that other language lovers like ourselves can find the show. And if you've been a longtime listener of the show or even a recent listener, you can now support the show and listen to extras on buymeacoffee.com. Links to all platforms are in the show notes. Okay, let's chat. Welcome back to another episode of Speaking Tongues. I am here today with Stefanos. How are you today, Stefanos? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Thank you for having me. I should ask you, Tikanis, Stefanos. <laughs> Bravo. Ime polikala, esi. What does that mean? I'm very well. And you, esi. Oh, esi. I am fantastic. And I'm so yeah. excited to finally um, have a Greek conversation. <laughs> I'm excited to be representing. <laughs> I like to start each episode with the same question, and that is, what is your first language and which languages have you learned to speak? So my mother tongue is Greek, uh, or I should say Cypriot Greek, because I live in Cyprus. And then I speak uh, the standard Greek, English, Italian, Spanish, um, French, and I am learning some Portuguese right now. Wow, that's exciting. Uh, yes, I wish I could speak all of them at a very good level, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you were growing up in Cyprus, what yeah. languages did you hear spoken either in your community or in your home? So that's a very interesting question because uh, in Cyprus, we have like a dual situation with languages. Uh, at home, we hear and we speak Cypriot Greek. It's like a, it's a dialect of Greek. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at school, uh, we would speak standard Greek. So the Greek that is spoken in mainland Greece. 
But let's say at break time or when we would fool around and we say a joke, when we tell a joke, it would be Cypriot Greek. Mm. So it would, it would be these two languages every single day. Okay. Yeah. Are there any other languages that one could hear in Cyprus? Yes. So up until, let's say, 20 or 15 years ago, it was English mm-hmm. and Turkish. And then recently, uh, many Russians uh, have moved. So Russian is quite, um, sp- yeah, you can hear Russian quite a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for someone who, let's say someone who learned Greek and then they were going to Greece, maybe they were in Athens or um, Santorini, let's say that's the first, I don't know why it's the first thing that came to my mind. And then they go to, and then they go to Cyprus and they're walking around Cyprus. Are they only hearing um, the Greek that's spoken in Cyprus? Is, are they only hearing that or are they hearing a mix of a standard Greek and Cypriot Greek? Yes, the second one. Yeah, so it's like a mix and it depends on the person you're talking to. So we would change our language. Uh, so if it would be someone from a different country, yeah, we would try to, uh, if they knew standard Greek, we would change to standard Greek. Okay. Um, yeah, and it depends on the uh, field. Let's say at uni, you speak standard Greek. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the media, you hear standard Greek. It's more like the more formal Greek and the spoken in the street or at home Cypriot Greek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in, in Greece, to answer your question about Greece from earlier on, it would probably be Greek and then so many other languages because let's say Athens or Thessaloniki are quite diverse. Right. Um, okay. People working and moving to, to Greece for job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were in school, what kind of other languages were you offered to take um, during your study? Um, We start English quite early on, let's say uh, at the age of seven or eight. Uh, And then later on, we start with French. We carry on with French. And I remember um, it was, and then we had the offer to do the choice to do a selection of Italian or German. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So English was almost compulsory. And then you got the choice between French, Italian, German. And because of the um, uh, vicinity and the relationship that we have with uh, uh, the Turkish community, Turkish Mm. would be offered as well. Oh, cool. Yes. (laughs) It's quite a lot. (laughs) What did you decide to take? Um, so other than English that I had to take, it was Italian for me. Okay. I'm going to ask a question that seems like really doesn't make any sense, but bear with me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because you are a native Greek speaker, when you started studying Italian, um, were there any similarities with the language? Did your did your knowledge of Greek help you with the Italian language in any way? Um, we, um, both Greece and Cyprus, I don't want to be wrong, but I think, yeah, both countries at once were colonized or we had uh, the Venetians 
Um, so there are so many words that we borrowed from Italian. Mm. So the vocabulary, some vocabulary was familiar to me. Okay. And then the structure is quite similar. Mm. Um, but Italian for me was a bit easier in the sense that um, what you read, you, you will agree to that, that what you see written, that's what you pronounce. Right. Um, but yeah, it wasn't very, it didn't have that much of a relationship, like knowing Greek that it helped me that much. I would say that because I knew Latin from school, mm-hmm. um, that helped me. Did Greek at all help you with Latin in school? Yes, the same mathematical structure mm-hmm. and yeah, the those two languages, so ancient Greek and Latin were formed and structured in a very similar way. And then knowing Greek helped me learn ancient Greek and furthermore Latin mm-hmm. uh, with the cases, with the genders of nouns. Yeah. Okay. I, you, you, I think you picked up on why I was asking you that question just from antiquity (laughs) and wondering, you know, with, with Italian coming from, from Latin and with Greek, modern Greek coming from ancient Greek and me not knowing anything (laughs) about ancient Greek (laughs) at this point. Um, I did study Latin for four years in high school. Oh, nice. I love Latin. It's like, It was my first love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I, I did, I did wonder if there were any lingering um, similarities between the language that you were aware of at any point. But as I was asking the question, I realized that probably doesn't make any sense. So. <laughs> you mean ancient Greek and modern Greek, or? Well, yeah. Let's go there now, since since. Um, I'm kind of heading in that way anyway. Are there similarities between ancient Greek and modern Greek? Yes, uh, that's actually very interesting. So Greek uh, is an alive language, so it just had phases. So we had the ancient Greek and then the Byzantine, the Helleni- uh, Hellenistic and then the Byzantine, and now the modern Greek. Mm. So the structure changed a bit. Uh, so back in ancient Greek, we, we had the infinitive, Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way that you would know in, let's say, French or Italian. And we don't have that in modern, in standard Greek now, which is actually very annoying for one of my students. And it's, uh, it comes up in the conversation and I, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, yeah. And then other similarities would be obviously the vocabulary, uh, just had its journey some words changed some roots have changed but when someone speaks modern greek standard greek of of now could pick up at least let's say 30 40 percent of ancient greek of an ancient greek text Mm -hmm. obviously another difference is the system the polytonic system Uh, so in ancient greek we had three uh, three accents Okay. Oh. And one, two, three. At least three. Yeah. And now we only have uh, one, so it's monotonic now. Okay. Uh, so there are many similarities, and 
you can find ancient Greek in many compound words of modern Greek, mm. uh, which is interesting. That's what I love when I teach. I'm always like the, my big fat Greek wedding. Uh, I always go, this is Greek. It comes from the word. <laughs> uh, or like, I always love. Um, so if you take one example only, mm-hmm. uh, geology or Euro- Europe, these words or um i don't know pan even pandemic right words like these are interesting to analyze yeah i love that and um i love finding words that have greek roots um just because i love words period but it's always so interesting just to think about especially words in english that you you use all the time you never think about and then you go and read where it came from in greek and it's like you know my favorite it's mind-blowing my favorite example of that is gymnasium oh yeah and that i was like do you want to explain it should i explain it should we let people look it up on their own um I think you would you should explain it because I'm 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 assuming I might explain more stuff later. <laughs> <laughs> so, gymnos in in Greek means Oh my god, now I forget. Naked? Yes. Okay, so the gymnasium was the place where people, I'm assuming men, would go. Yes. And it was it was like um was it a spa or was it like a place where they would um just like I want to say like convene and and have meetings or something but and the meetings were a bit later on but yeah in the beginning was a bit of a spa situation or uh, training um like the modern day gym yes um yes and it involved the opportunity for men not only to exercise but to uh, socialize right and that socialization was done naked yes right fascinating fascinating it's all about the taboos that we created back in the day it was normal it was just yeah yeah, it was normal it wasn't a thing and i and the the reason why i this is i'm really getting into the weeds so (laughs) (laughs) but the reason why i i know that is because the vulture the scientific name of the vulture is gym it's gymno something i forget the end but gymnos is part of that and the reason why is because the vultures have they don't have any feathers on their head so Ah. the the vulture name is like bald-headed bird or something like that someone's gonna call me out but (laughs) okay yeah so that was the etymology portion of this episode. <laughs> There's so many. It's so fascinating. Um, can I share another one? Absolutely. I love the word uh, for cereal that we have in Greek. So the word for cereal is Dimitriaka. And can you guess which goddess, ancient Greek, from the mythology, um, this word comes from? Yes. And I can't remember her name. Um, say it one more time. Dimit- Dimitriaka. Demetria. Yes, Demetria or Demeter. Demeter, yes. Demeter, yeah. And 
I I don't know. I just like it so much. The connection, <laughs> like uh, because she was the goddess of the green. Exactly. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah. We're gonna have to do a whole episode on this on etymology. Yes. Next next time. Next time we're gonna do it. So let's talk about modern Greek. Um, I would love to know about modern Greek and how the language differs throughout the country and throughout the islands, if at all? Um, that's probably the, one of the most interesting questions about Greek. Um, so very fastly, very, very quickly, uh, we have Greeks, uh, Greek spoken, let's say in Australia, New Zealand, uh, Canada, America, uh, the States, Germany, the UK. So big communities speaking Greek in these places. Yeah. Every single place that I mentioned speaks differently Greek. Hmm. Speaks Greek differently. Yeah. So um, in Melbourne or in Adelaide, there they have words that they took and they combined with English. Hmm. Um, for instance, car. We know the meaning of the word car. There are some people in Adelaide that say tocaro, which means neuter article, tocaro, the car, which is the car, but putting the ending, which is the neuter for the word, the car. Hmm. Obviously some of them. To answer your question uh, closely, in every island, there is a bit of a different uh, dialect or idiom in, in Greece, but we have four or five very big dialects of Greek. Okay. Uh, one of them is Cypriot dialect in Cyprus. We have the Cretan dialect in the island of Crete. Uh, we have uh, in Asia Minor um, and further up north at the northeast of Greece, which is the Pontian dialect, mm -hmm. the dialect of Pontos. And we have another one, which funnily enough is in South Italy. Really? And I think you would love that because you speak Italian. Um, from back in the day, there was this area, Magna Gre Grecia, Magna Grecia, I don't know how to pronounce it. And they combined Italian with Greek when some populations from Greece moved to South Italy. Oh, wow. And until now, it, it's getting a bit of a extinct. It's quite a hard situation. Uh, you can go to these islands called um, uh, Greek in Calabria, and the language is called Grico. Uh, you can find uh, videos online as well, and that language is spoken there. How interesting. Yeah. Um, it's difficult for us as well to understand it, but it's a beautiful, if you speak Greek and Italian, it's so beautiful. It's fascinating. Oh my gosh. Running um, straight to YouTube. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, they are trying to preserve it. There is a foundation or a program that is running. And what else? I think these are the main ones. And we also have another one in um, in Peloponnese, um, around Sparta and near Sparta, and it's called the Tsakonian dialect. Okay. Or Tsakonic, I should say. Yeah. Are these dialects um, 
are they so different? Are they close to one another? Are they easy to tell when you come across somebody who speaks um, a dialect from one of these regions? They are completely uh, different to each other. But if a person hears it, they would straight away understand it. If, they, if they've heard it once or twice, they would be able to tell, ah, okay, that's Cretan, that's Cypriot, mm. that's uh, uh, from Pontos, or that's from uh, Arcadia. But they don't have similarities, uh, that many similarities. I should say that probably Cretan and Cypriot uh, have some sounds that are similar. Okay. Uh, and there is another island in Greece called uh, Castellorizo and Rhodes, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, there's a dialect again there called uh, Arhangelitica, and it sounds a bit like Cypriot. So again, it's fascinating for a Cypriot to let's let's say go on a holiday in Rhodes, and suddenly, wait, are you Cypriot? No, <laughs> I'm Greek from Rhodes, but for, because of the proximity, right. Yeah, how interesting. Do you notice um, or do you know if the dialects um, in the north of Greece, um, do they share any similarities with the countries that border the north of Greece, like Bulgaria, Macedonia, or Albania? Um, so with, with North Macedonia and Bulgaria and Albania, there are similar words. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know that much about those three countries, but I would assume because we have the same thing happening in uh, the Ionian Sea, the mm -hmm. Ionian Islands, uh, in which we have so many words uh, coming from Italian. Oh, okay. Uh, let's say okay. Corfu or uh, Zante, uh, Zakynthos, Kefalonia, because there was the Venetian um, Empire. Right, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yes, but on the north of Greece, I'm sure there, yeah, there should be similarities in the vocabulary. Okay, okay. I was just curious. Um, yeah. Especially because these, you know, Greek is such an old, ancient language. I said old, but I really meant ancient, and it's been evolving from ancient times. But the borders now are modern. So I would imagine that in those areas, there's a lot of influence across cultures um, yes. between, you know, for example, modern day Albania and modern day Greece. So um, you're absolutely right. I, I have a, a profile on Instagram and sometimes I post um, words and their connection to other languages. And I remember I did one on Serbian and Greek and I only posted three words. And then there were so many people uh, commenting, ah, this word is the same in Albanian. Ah, this word is the same in Bulgarian. And from me just mentioning three tiny words that I found, there was this uh, sea of exchange, of word exchange, which was beautiful. But you're absolutely right, because back in the day, the empires were huge. Mm. Up to now, we can see the result, but we don't actually recognize it day to day. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I, 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 I like to point, I like to point those things out because hopefully, um, you know, as we said before, we started recording, like 
this communication between people is so important. And it's, you know, looking at a map is cool and it's fun. And I love maps. I could look at maps all day, <laughs> but, but there are people there. There are cultures there and, yeah. and, you know, um, modern, modern day borders um, don't always do a good job of displaying that, mm. that culture that's there and that language that, that exists. Um, I'm looking at a map as we're talking because I, I, you know, I mean, I obviously I know where Greece is, but I like to, as you're naming places, I'm like darting ah, around Google maps. Okay. And I didn't tell you this before. I've been to Greece once. Where? I was in Patras. <gasps> nice. And, and in Athens. Oh. Um, I was in high school. This is a long time ago. <laughs> it was like a school trip or? Yeah, it was a school trip um, through Italy and we ended in Greece. Um, and that was the beginning of my love of Greek culture and language and, and the food. food yes. Of course, the food. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there was a time in my life and it was after this trip to Greece when I decided I wanted to learn Greek and I had a couple of Greek friends at the time in high school and they were lovely amazing that was the first time I had pastizio and it oh. changed my life oh. and, <laughs> Such a and, yeah so hearty so delicious and I wanted to learn Greek but the problem that I had was that I didn't know anything about the structure of the language. I didn't really know where to begin. And my friends, you know, when you're in high school, you're not really interested in helping somebody, oh, you yes. know, kind <laughs> of, you know, but beyond like telling them a couple of phrases and a couple of yeah. things. And everyone has their own drama and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. You're in your own world in high school. So for people like me in the past and for people in the, in the present who are learning Greek and want to learn Greek, what are some of the what are some things you can tell us about the language um, that we can talk about, like that people should know? Is it a gendered language? Um, you mentioned that there are no infinitives. I'm really curious about that. Um, what, what, how does the word order go? Tell us about pronunciations. Like, what do you think someone should know if they are interested in learning the Greek language? Um, so first of all, there are so many people that are scared of Greek because of the different alphabet. Um, and the most important thing to, to understand is that half the Greek alphabet is already known to us from the Latin, the one that we use for English. Right. Uh, that's the first thing I say when I start teaching is like 12 letters are exactly the same, identical. Um, and then once you get and you understand the alphabet and the sounds, um, Greek is quite simple and straightforward in the sense that we have the subject ver uh, first. So it's an SVO uh, subject ver first, verb, okay. and then object. Okay. Um, yes. So in that sense, it's easier than, let's say, German. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and another easy thing is that we don't do, I think, what Spanish does with the adjective in the sense that we have the adjective first and then the noun. Okay. Uh, yeah, straightforward. So adjective and then noun. And with verbs and adverbs, again, we have the verb and then the adverb. Okay. Yes, I don't want to get into too much detail, but yes. <laughs> Uh, straightforward these ones 
when Greek, where Greek gets difficult is what you mentioned about the genders. Mm. So we do have masculine, feminine, and neuter or neutral. Mm-hmm. And these are not, um, how to say this, they don't correspond to the gender of the object or the, it only uh, corresponds when we have words that are uh, male in the, in the gender, in the f- uh, sex. Uh, so the word for boy, the, uh, not the word for boy, sorry, the word for man, the word for dad, the word for grandpa are masculine okay and so on but funnily enough i almost uh, made a mistake there the word for boy and the word for girl are both neuter really yes so it's it's quite tricky um you need to learn each word on its own like okay so the word for table is neuter but the word for bank which sounds exactly the same as table is feminine what are those words so the word for bank is itrapeza. Itrapeza. And e is the article, the feminine article. So itrapeza. Itrapeza. Bravo. Yes. And then to trapezi. To is, trapezi. Yes. And then to trapezi. To is the neuter article, the definite, is the table. The connection of these two, I found out recently. It's because the first bank was an actually was one table (laughs) where everything took place. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. I feel like we're going to have a lot of these connections in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Languages are amazing. (laughs) They they really are endlessly fascinating. So wait, tell me about the um, tell me about the infinitives. How how does that work? So in, let's say um, in English, we would say playing is great. Mm-hmm. So that word playing would probably classify as the, the infinitive, right? Or gerund, I don't know. The gerund, yeah. The gerund. But in Greek, we don't have uh, one word that is the infinitive, um, which we had in ancient Greek. Okay. To give you an example, um, the Greek word for um, la- love or loving would be, the ancient Greek was agap- agapan. Agapan. Okay. Um, and that was yes, the infinitive. The infinitive okay. with the ending there. But now in standard modern Greek, we have to make it into a sentence which would translate is to, to love or loving. Um, uh, yes. So basically, we don't have one word for infinitive in modern Greek. I see. So is that frustrating for your students who do have familiarity with languages that have an infinitive form? Yes. And I've uh, learned recently that uh, Russian. Um, so when you speak Russian, then Greek is very hard because A, they have infinitive and we don't. And B, they don't have gender and we have three. Oh gosh. <laughs> Which is my, I didn't know it was a revelation for me. So to go back, I think a good example with the infinitive for, for people who might know some uh, Spanish or Italian, let's say the word comer. Mm-hmm. K 
quiero comer. That comer is the infinitive. Right. Right. I think it's easier for me to explain it with the Spanish because in English it's a bit difficult. So that comer, we don't have just one word that classifies as the infinitive in Greek. With the gendered part of it, um, and, and I guess with the, well, let me start with the genders. If you don't get the right gender, if you misgender the table or the bank, um, are there any, well, I guess in that situation, yes, but are there a lot of situations where a misgendered object could cause a lot of confusion in the sentence? Or no. would people say like, oh, I know what you said, but you just, you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no one okay. would, yeah. It's just, probably it's just the article that would be uh, the wrong one to be used. And yeah, especially if uh, someone else came to Greece or Cyprus and spoke a bit of Greek, no one would even correct. They would be so impressed and amazed and happy that you were trying <laughs> to speak their language. Yeah. <laughs> well, that certainly is encouraging. There are so many more people now learning Greek and it's beautiful to go out and hearing people at the bar uh, trying to speak Greek because yes, we all know kind of English, but it's beautiful that people make an effort even like the last 10 years you right. probably have witnessed it as well that people are learning languages. Yeah, there's so much, it's so much more accessible, yes. I would say. And like, even thinking when I thought, oh, I'm going to learn Greek, like when I was in high school, like I didn't, I didn't have YouTube when I was in high school. So yeah, I couldn't, or Instagram, yeah. or Instagram, like I couldn't go find somebody to have examples. So what would I do? I'd get a book from the library or I'd buy a book and I'd see, mm -hmm. you know, the alphabet and all these letters and I had no idea how to pronounce them. And so, yeah, go ahead. That's another interesting thing that um, like our parents' generation or the one before, as you said, they didn't have access. And now there are so many people that are just learning from watching YouTubers or people who create content on Instagram. And sometimes I catch myself looking at those uh, people learning like that. And I'm thinking, I should start doing that as well. There is so much free content out there Mm -hmm. uh, that it, you can learn a language without a tutor without uh, going to a school obviously the tutor will help yeah. but yeah now for you you could watch a video and learn how to uh, the alphabet and mm -hmm. then it's just a matter of how much hard work you put into to right. become fluent in Greek right I think that everyone should learn at least a little bit of Greek because I think Greek is so much fun to pronounce. It is, isn't it? Especially the <laughs> portocalli, portocalo from the film. <laughs> from Greek wedding. Yes. <laughs> I think that it's such a fun, like just the syllables. I just love, I just like, I just love pronouncing it. I love trying to pronounce it because I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't speak it, but I, I just love to try. Um, we know that Greek words have um, influenced so many other languages. We talked about this just a while ago. Are there any popular words or phrases in Greek that have come from other languages? Oh, there are so many. Um, there are so many Turkish words in Greek, first of all. Uh, because of the Ottoman Empire. So I would just mention uh, cafes, coffee, cafes, mm -hmm. which is Turkish, and yaurti, yaurti. Uh, yogurt. And this is actually 
a loan from Turkish for every single language in the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yaurti and cafes. And then in Greek, we have uh, so many um, Italian words, uh, grigio, like grigio, the color, mm-hmm. gray. Uh, we have French words that have to do with uh, cars, like port-bagage, uh, port-bagage I think, um, or mm-hmm. ambajour, the, the lamp, ambajour. Okay. Um, chandelier. And yeah, so different fields of the language, different aspects are, have influenced Greek in the specific language, that makes sense. Okay. That's really interesting with, you know, thinking of how Greek has evolved so much. Um, I really, I didn't know, and that's why I asked, I would think that there would be a Greek word for everything. And that, you know, who, whose language would come into, into, into Greek? <laughs> it's a constant exchange, yes. And especially all these words are um, from all the different um empires that we had the people who occupied Greece and Cyprus and then yeah so many Phoenicians so many like words from Farsi or from Arabic Mm. uh, in at least in Cypriot Greek and in standard Greek Mm -hmm. Um, Yileko I think it's from uh, Gravata is from Croatian like uh, a tie Gravat ah okay or Yileko I think that one is Gilet, that is that French, and then we have it in Greek, gileko, which is vest, makeup, like maquillage, which is French, and we use it. It has to do with recent words, especially with um, startup companies and meetings. All this lingo, uh, we just took it from other languages and we and we use it like that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, and I, that was the next thing I was going to ask you is how you know, with technology, obviously, and everything changing and, you know, even technology that changed, um, you know, in the, in the mid, middle of the last century, um, how, how are those words expressed um, in Greek? And I'm thinking, like you said, startups, and I guess I'm thinking of like apps and, you know, iPhones and, you know. All the, yeah, the technology. Yeah. Um, it's a process. So in the beginning, we just uh, take it as it is. And then I've realized from some words recently that because I was out, uh, abroad, uh, I thought they would still use the English word. And then someone would say, I oh, know there is a Greek word. So it takes some time. Uh, it comes in the language, in the original language. Mm-hmm. Let's take uh, mouse. Um the mouse that we use on our computer. Yeah. It was probably mouse for a, a tiny bit. And then we found, we made the word for the animal mouse and we use the word pondiki. Pondiki. Which is the Greek word for the animal mouse. Oh, and we okay. use it for the computer mouse. Uh, it's a bit like what French is doing, has been doing, uh, trying to change the words into a Greek uh, mm-hmm. or French word. Um, and then later on, they create a new word. It it can either be a compound word um, for Greek. Uh, Mm. Let's say startup. It is startup, 
but we have another word that means newly founded company. Oh. Um, yes, but as I said earlier, it's not widely uh, used. Like mm -hmm. the foreign word still is more popular. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and I, I wonder about that. And I wonder how, you know, especially because technology ch is changing so quickly as words are coming and going into all of our languages. Um, I do wonder about that influence of particularly English um, yes. and how it comes into other languages. And, and as people are using them um, and not finding a popular um, native word, like yeah. how does that affect the longevity of a language? How does that affect the longevity of the usage of the language? And I, I don't know if, I don't know if you have witnessed that or if you've, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, with some examples, you're absolutely right. Uh, Greek is trying really hard. There is, uh, there is actually uh, a very famous Greek linguist called uh, Babignotis. Uh, let's say he's the father of the Greek language now. <laughs> Everyone has, um, admires him. And with his effort and a group of researcher, researchers and other linguists, when the English word comes into Greek, as I said earlier, it stays a bit as the form it has. And then we're trying to change it into a native Greek. For example, uh, from the word I post something on the social media, in the beginning, we would have the word Postaro, mm. which is the English word post, post, and then the aro, which is a bit of a suffix for a verb. Oh. Postaro. 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 And then uh, we started using the word anevazo, which means I, I lift, I raise, but in this context, it means I upload. Oh, anevazo. Okay. So if I say anevazo timbala, it means I lift the ball, I don't know, to the uh, shelf. I don't know. Right, but right, yeah, right. to give you an example uh, of a word uh, or meeting, the word for meeting, it was meeting for a while. And then in some areas now we're using the word isinandisi, which is the, yes which is the Greek word for um, a meeting with the other, you know, with the different, uh, with the existing meaning that it had. Okay. All right. So I like this. I like that this is happening because I, <laughs> I do, no, I, I really do worry that, you know, it, it's so great that we're all connected and that we can experience one another's languages and, technology made all that happen and it's it's perfect it's great but not to the expense of someone's language. history and someone's language and yeah. I think I'm, I'm happy to hear that measures are in place for that preservation um you know per, for the future for for future yes. generations it's important I would love to know about Greek culture what are some things that you would want people to know and understand about Greece that they may not be aware of? 
Um, so yes, Greece is not only about throwing plates uh, when you're listening to a song. Oh my god! What a really? stereotype! <laughs> Do people really think that? <laughs> Who me? <laughs> I think that still happens actually in some night, uh, you know, night places with music. Um, but I would like people to know that the family is very important in the Greek and Cypriot culture. Uh, the bond of family, like families get together every Sunday for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, friends, friendship is very important. Going out for a coffee uh, at least twice a day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, there is that connection. There's that dependence, uh, which sometimes can be a really good thing and sometimes can be not such a good thing with each other, mm. um, that bond. Other than that is how the sunshine helps people to be um, a bit more relaxed, less stressed. Um, Yeah, we love our music. Um, Tell me about Greek music, because I want to listen to some Greek music and I don't know where to start. Ooh, I'm not the best person about this (laughs) because there are so many different kinds of Greek music. Obviously, we have the laiko the laiko music which is a bit like folk music mm-hmm. folklore um which is very popular uh, this is the one that you can throw plates uh, and <laughs> break yeah and then we have rebetiko which is a bit more back in Ath- back in the day in athens in little um houses they would create them into little um music venues mm-hmm. a bit like what you have in new york with jazz Mm. Uh, something like that and we still have Rebetiko now Um, we have the Greek swing uh, which is a bit with the uh, I don't know what do you call it the saxophone Um, we have the Greek pop so it's all very varied and obviously uh, we have the traditional Greek music that is played in, uh, in Greek weddings and one of my favorite kinds of Greek music is the nisiotika, which nisiotika. means island music. Every time I was in the UK, I was living in the UK and I would listen to, I wanted to connect to Greece or to Cyprus. I would just put on nisiotika, start dancing. And my Spanish flatmates would be, oh, he's, he's going through a phase again. Oh, no. <laughs> Nostalgia. But yeah, nisiotika gets you. The, the rhythm you listen to the these sounds and immediately you're uh, traveling and you're transferred to the sea oh gosh I have yeah. to listen to it where can I listen to it yes I will send you some links on YouTube Nisiotica okay. um, there's so much there's so much I, th- I, I think I hope I covered the majority but I'm sure many people would just tell me off for things <laughs> <laughs> for forgetting so um you tutor greek you teach greek i would love to know how you got started teaching greek and what um what some of your students are like what are their motivations for wanting to learn the greek language and what are your methods like and the most important part let us know where we can find you to get in touch for Greek lessons. So um, 
when I, I did my master's in Edinburgh, in Scotland. And then when I finished that, I started working. And one of the jobs I had was to tutor one-on-one ancient Greek and Latin, which were my, my major. And then after doing that, I realized that I was more interested in teaching uh, modern Greek. Mm. And when the opportunity arose to have a student that wanted to learn modern Greek, I thought, ah, this is, this is a bit more interesting to me because I was learning whilst teaching. I was learning my own language over and over again. Right. So that's when it started. I had one student uh, and it was in person. And then I had a few more, um, you know, word of the mouth, word of mouth, or my leaflets, posters here and there. And then I started my Facebook page. And when I then moved to the south, uh, Birmingham, I was working at a Greek school, and that led to more students uh, online, uh, along with the school. And pretty much, yes, I got more and more students from the Greek uh, community in Birmingham, uh, people that wanted to learn Greek uh, that were friends of my first student in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved to London, um, I decided I would like to pursue this more. So I not only had the Facebook page, but I started an Instagram page as well. And yes, that led to more students and obviously um, uh, reviews and testimonials helped me. I teach uh, Greek the way I would like to be taught. So I try to keep it varied. I don't use uh, one textbook, first of all, because I think if you learn a language and you just have a textbook, immediately I will lose my interest. Okay, so I'm just going to learn a language from one book. Mm And so I use videos from YouTube, like current videos that are talking about nature, environment, the news talking about, I don't know, Brexit or the pandemic, anything that is current to keep the student interested. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I associate the lesson to my students, you know, background, interests, where they come from, anything about them to make it more interesting to them. Another method would be listening to songs and filling in gaps, which always helps to practice your oral comprehension. Right. And the focus I put on conversation is key. So let's say I teach for an hour, 30 to 40 minutes will be conversation. So after the second lesson or third, you should be able to speak some Greek, mm-hmm. and, which I think is the key. No one wants to write an essay in Greek. Right. Um, it's good that you know to write because it's beautiful to write a card. If I have students that are 10 years old, it's beautiful for them to write a card to their grandparents. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for an adult that let's say they're from Germany or from a different country and they go on holiday to Crete or Cyprus uh, in the summer, the most important thing is to communicate, uh, to enjoy music, to read um you know, to get around. Right. Make yeah. friends and make yeah. friends, connect. And, right. and obviously we do texts. So we do comprehension. Uh, we read text and then we answer some questions and vocabulary. It's, all, it's a bit of everything. Yeah. But the main focus is on uh, multimedia videos and music and conversation. 
I think that's great because there's are things, and I love that you said that you you're not interested in like the, um, the textbook only because we're we're past that as a society. I yeah. think. <laughs> and, and to be fair, like even if you know that your learning journey will be a book that has ten chapters, and we all know that the first chapter will be ah me and my friends, the second chapter will be my family, the third, my house. No, I want a chapter about the music of the language I'm learning. I want a chapter about uh, the problems that the environment is facing. I want, you know, because these are the topics that you will be able to discuss with the people that you meet in that country. And it will be a, a starting point. Right. How can we get in touch with you? My number is oh oh no. <laughs> so obviously I have my uh, so I have a page on Facebook which is Learn Greek with Stefanos. That's my tutoring page, mm-hmm. and then I have an account on Instagram, uh, Learn Greek with Stefanos again, where I post uh, a reel every day explaining something in a clear. I try to make it clear and f- quick way. Um, yeah, so Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. and they can contact me through there. Perfect. I will add the links to your Facebook and your Instagram in the show notes. And that will be a quick link for your next Greek learners to get in touch with you. Thank you. (laughs) Stefanov. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this conversation. I really, really enjoyed talking with you and learning so much about your languages and your, you know, and, and Greek culture and, and um, culture in Cyprus. And um, this has been such a lovely conversation. I agree. I think it's the first time in my life that I talked in this uh, setting about my language. And it's, it, it's been such a beautiful experience. And thank you for having me and for meeting you, of course. Absolutely. I like to end each episode with the same question. I like okay. to have, have a little fun. Uh, Do you have any jokes, tongue twisters, cool slang words, idioms, words of wisdom, or words of advice in Greek to share? And you're going to have to teach it to me, whatever it is. Okay. I think I'm just going to go with the tongue twister because I cannot think of um, words of advice or... Yeah. Okay. So the tongue twister goes, Calimera... Oh, just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like trying to copy off of you. Just say it once and then I'll copy you. I'm too excited. Calimera, Camilari, Camilari, Calimera. Calimera, Camilari, Camilari, Calimera? Bravo! That was amazing. (laughs) That was perfect. So basically, yeah, because Calimera means good morning. Camilari is the person who rides a camel. And all of this together gets trickier. So I will say it again faster and then you can try. Okay. Calimera, Camilari, Camilari, Calimera. Okay. <laughs> Calimera, Calimera, Camilari, 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 Calimera. Oh, yes. <laughs> it gets tricky in the end. Yeah, there are so many of those, but yeah, this is the one that I can remember now. That's tough to, that's tougher than I thought it was to say. (laughs) And I will tell you, that's the first time someone's given me 
an answer to this question and I didn't ask them to repeat it. I got it oh. on the first try. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> all these, all these episodes later. And I finally didn't have to say, wait, I got to write it down. So I'm, I'm taking that as a little victory for me today. Um, <laughs> yeah, your journey with Greek is like encouraging. Yeah, I feel I feel encouraged, and I feel like this has been so much fun, and you've been so much fun to talk with. So thank you again so much. Um, really quickly before before we say goodbye, um, in Greek, or maybe locally to Cyprus. In this situation, after you've been talking to someone for for a while, what would be the best way to say goodbye? So I would probably say uh, El Harika Parapoli. Harika Parapoli. So that means very nice to meet you. Kalo mm-hmm. Vradi. Have a nice evening. Kalo Vradi. Kalo Vravi. Vradi. Vravi. Yes. Kalo Vradi. Yeah. Kalo Vravi. Okay. Yeah. Have a nice evening, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you have a nice evening and Kalo Vravi. Bravo. Kalo Vravi. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you again. And I will be talking to you soon. Thank you. Again, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Bye. Bye.